from eternity to here. It's called Rediscovering the Ageless Purpose of God. What do you mean God's homeless? <laughs> Let's go back again to Genesis 1 and 2, and, and let me make a point here about why it's so important to begin there. Evangelical Christianity, uh, for so very long since its inception, we have begun the story in Genesis 3 with the fall. Yeah. That's always our starting point. And so consequently, everything becomes about redemption and salvation and the conversion of the lost, which is correct, but it's not complete. Uh, that's kind of like you know opening up a book in the middle of uh, the story and beginning there. Yeah. In order for us to understand the big picture, I believe we have to begin with Genesis 1 and 2, and even before that, in Ephesians and Colossians, where we get a look at what happened before creation, what was on God's heart before creation. But in Genesis 1 and 2, we get a real good peek at it, and uh, we see in the opening pages there that the Spirit of God is brooding, hovering over the waters of the deep. And the message there is that God is looking for a place to dwell, to commit his presence. Oh, man. And as you, as you look at those two chapters, you find uh, this flowing river, you find this tree of life, and then you find these elements, gold, pearl, and precious stone. You begin to read the Old Testament, and you find very quickly that God is after a building. Uh, you see it in uh, Jacob and in Abraham. They have a tent and an altar. Then in Moses, the tent and the altar get a little bit bigger, and they become the tabernacle, and God dwells there. And then it gets a little bigger with Solomon, and you have this glorious, huge temple. And then you move on into the prophets, and Ezekiel has this incredible vision of this huge, uh, monumental temple. Oh, and I forgot the tabernacle of David. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, one of my favorite chapters in the book. Uh, David had a little canvas tent right in his backyard, and... Uh, <laughs> The Holy Ark of the Covenant was there in open view of all the people. An unbelievable scene. But anyway, when you come into the New Testament, you have <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ penetrating the planet, stepping on this earth and making this radical statement. He says, I am the house of God. I am the temple of God. Mm. And what's so fascinating is when you study the Lord's life, he is rejected everywhere. He's rejected by his own people. He's rejected by the Jews. He's rejected by the leaders. He's rejected by his own family in his hometown, mm. Nazareth. And he makes the statement, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Whoa. And uh, there's only one place, only one place oh, man. on the planet where, where Jesus Christ could find rest and lay his head, and it was a little village of Bethany. It was a home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He would always retreat to Bethany whenever he would visit Jerusalem. He was rejected. At night, he would go back to Bethany. And Bethany means house of figs. And it was there that the Lord was fed. Remember when he left Bethany at one point heading to Jerusalem? He cursed the fig tree because he was hungry. Well, he would go to Bethany, and there he would be fed. And God is looking for a Bethany, a place where he can rest. Heaven is my throne. And the earth is my footstool. Where will my resting place be? This is in Isaiah. He wants a place to lay his head, to commit his presence, a place uh, through which he can express himself. When you're as old as I am, and I'm as old as dirt, I don't hear new stuff. I mean, I really don't. I, you can hardly say anything about religion that I haven't heard several times. And the hardest part about what I do is getting bored. 
not with Jesus, but with you guys. <laughs> but but this is so new to me. I, it's a whole new way of looking uh, at the scriptures, at Jesus, at the church, and at me. And uh, you're going to love this book. You ought to get it from eternity to here. Frank, you were talking about the eternal quest, and we got to Bethany. Uh, why don't you uh, keep talking and bring that to where it's going to go? Yeah, sure. Well, um, as we said, Jesus Christ enters the planet, and he makes this startling announcement, which eventually got him killed. Uh, I am the temple of God. I am the house of God. And uh, interestingly enough, when he died and rose again, he came back <laughs> to dwell in his people. And now the Church of Jesus Christ, uh, from God's viewpoint and from God's desire, his passionate desire, she is the dwelling place of Almighty. And every church on the planet today is really called to be a Bethany, a place oh. where he is head, not just a visitor. Yes, yeah, his home. Not just a guest of honor. Yeah. Uh, I say that because I grew up in a tradition where everything was about the visitations of God. You know, Lord, visit us. We're, we're open for you. Come and give us a visitation. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to visit. He wants to dwell. And that means he has to be the head of the house. He, he's got to call the shots, you know, <laughs> and, and have an open people who are open to his presence. So anyway, you, you have the church as the picture of this dwelling place. And then when you get to the very end, once again, we have all of these, these pictures in Genesis 1 and 2 reappear but the gold and the pearl and the precious stone have now been built together to form the glorious dwelling place of God, where God will now dwell with humans, and he has his house. And so consequently, what the Lord is looking for today, I believe, is a people who are being built together to form the dwelling place of God, to be that Bethany, where he is being fed, you know, and God is all-sufficient. He's content within himself. There's the love relationship between him and his Son and the Spirit, but he wants to expand that. There is a pulsating drive in him to expand the fellowship that he has with his dear Son through the Spirit to others, for them to be that dwelling place where he can commit himself and express himself. It's a beautiful picture of this. And I just want to add one more point to it, and, and I have a chapter in the book in this, the very first mention of the house of God is when Jacob has this dream, and he sees the ladder where heaven and earth are being yeah. connected, and angels are coming from he the heavenly realm to the earthly realm. And when Jacob has that dream, he says, Behold, the house of God. This is the dwelling place of God. This is Bethel. And he takes a stone, and he puts oil on it. And it's interesting, because as you read through the Scriptures, the stone with the oil on it is really a picture of a living stone. You know, the oil being the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And every human being that comes into the planet, we're dead stones. Now, now, we're not bricks. Man didn't make us. God made us. We're stones. Only God makes stones. But when we receive Christ, the oil is poured upon us. We become a living stone. And I think the emphasis today, because we begin in the middle of the story, Genesis 3 with the fall, the emphasis today is let's get as many, you know, dead stones to have oil applied upon them so that they can become living stones. Well, that's only part of the story. God wants a house to dwell in. Yeah. He wants what Peter says, in the words of Peter, those living stones to be built together to form the dwelling of God. And while that benefits you and me, that really is the eternal purpose, and it is by him, 
It is for him, and it is through him. It changes the perspective. This is something for God, not just for man, not just for humans, not just for women. And, uh, boy, there's a freedom that comes with that, you know, even though it benefits us. It's all about him now and his eternal ageless purpose. Y'all, this imagery is so new to me. I'm, you know, I, it may be heresy. I got to think about it a while, but (laughs) if it's true, man, we got, this is so cool. Uh, uh, Frank, this is a, I, I hope you sell millions and tithe it to key life. What? You know what I've decided after listening to him? What? That church is, is pretty much dry and dull. I'm going to tell our pastor you said well, that. I mean, think about everything that he's been saying. I mean, there's just so much. I mean, it, isn't it pretty <laughs> right. much kind of dry Boy, are you in trouble. I wouldn't say anything <laughs> like that. Hey, Frank, can we do this again? This has been so good. Would love to. Would love to.